Welcome to Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football. My name is Wes, and I'd like to invite you to join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news from around the league, make predictions for the upcoming games, and much, much more. And what's up, everybody? It is Wes. Welcome to a, uh, a mini episode of Pigskins and Pageantry. We're going to go ahead and go through what was a crazy, crazy weekend in college football, not just in the SEC, but definitely in the SEC. Um, Matt is not here. He's in high demand once again, but we'll get his thoughts on Thursday. We'll do kind of like the, uh, the back half of this episode then. So looking forward to uh, that format. Actually, it's going to be kind of fun and different. So uh, joining me, as always, is our uh, Alabama fandom representative, Jesse. How are you feeling? I'm better now that I've had a few days to get my blood pressure down and reflect um, and, and figure out what's important in life. It's important in life, yeah. And also look at other people <laughs> who didn't do so well. <laughs> Um, and excited to do a minisode. It's it's all about comparison sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like I I might have done bad, but I did not do as bad as so and so. Right? I still so, won. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, that one first. Actually, let's go ahead and get into them. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. All right. Well, that was a, a thin line for Bama on Saturday um, uh, at noon, a noon kickoff uh, in Texas. So what? That's actually what? 11 over there? 11. Yeah. Really early. So um, uh, by the way, I believe it's the uh, the most streamed college football game like ever. Is that right? Most streamed on Fox. Um, most streamed on Fox. OK, I thought it was I like it's, yeah, on, I believe on a it's platform. The most streamed football on fox like okay so just fox. nfl still i mean it's still impressive yeah. yeah yeah including like college nfl all of it so um very impressive i think it just shows how expansive these fan bases are these are two very very old historic programs um and everyone's I- just unwell <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody was trying to get that uh, preview of the uh, SEC, uh, you know, yeah. what, what's going to be going on there in the future. Um, so <clears throat> just to, to talk through it real quick, and I'm just going to kind of summarize because I know you're going to do it much better. But uh, so obviously, Texas making it incredibly close for Bama, uh, Bama winning this one 19 or 20 to 19. Um, I got the point because I, I picked the the blowout that was the least outrageous, <laughs> um, which is fair because Bama was favored by like what? 20, 20 uh, points. Yeah. Something like that. So um, yeah, I was shocked by, by many things. I was shocked by Texas ability to throw the ball at will on the Bama defense, um, especially in the beginning with uh, Quinn Ewers uh, before his injury, but even after he came out of the game, I mean, gosh, the backup quarterback hobbling around out there, still able to, you know, run for a first down, uh, you know, and 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 use his feet occasionally. Um, we, we're seeing uncharacteristic things from Bama. Like, what was there like 15 penalties? Is that right? 15 penalties for 100 yards. 
yeah it's but then and like in my mind the whole time that i'm watching the game i'm thinking you know as as i think many of us were that uh, bama's going to kick it into gear right mm-hmm. they had a slow first half they're going to kick it into gear and just cruise on and uh and and pull away at the end and it just never happened no <laughs> um but they did they did get it done when it counted uh one thing also that was uncharacteristic we talk about penalties was uh will anderson mm-hmm. like i i mean obviously everybody's entitled to a, a an off game a, a a weird game but man that was just really surprising to me um uh, yeah. with some of his um like personal fouls of lining up offsides things like that offsides just i think was killer uh for him especially i think we probably saw it a little bit in the opener but mm-hmm. we happened to be at Brian Denny. He was, he was offside a few times. Mm. And, and this <laughs> right. time, I, I think it's almost like, and I could be wrong, but winning the Nagurski award last year and knowing that he started to climb up in a, in a Heisman race towards mm-hmm. the end and going into this season, everyone's like, keep a watch on him, keep a watch on him. Uh, and defensive players don't typically win Heisman's. And so I think there's just a lot of pressure, you know, that he feels maybe to perform and to make these outrageous plays. And I think that's causing some mental errors because offsides is mental error. I, I know it was very, very loud in that stadium uh, as well. So that yeah. that's probably something too, but also, yeah, the personal fouls, like some of those were just absolutely boneheaded moves and were just undisciplined and not something characteristic of a Nick Saban coached team. It's interesting that you say that about uh, just, you know, the way that he's been this maybe maybe feeling the pressure or whatever. I think a lot of times we uh, we just think of these people like robots, almost like they have this certain set of skills, almost like in the video games where you have the rankings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this guy has this strength and this agility and this blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to be that way forever or just indefinitely and we forget that these are people with emotions and not only that but they physically change from year to year too so um just as we all do right yeah. so i mean and, i mean you want your draft stock to go up you want to you want to do all these these amazing things and there's a huge payday difference between a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick and so there's so much outside pressure that whether it's put on them or they put it on themselves, it's still there. So I think that leads to some mental errors or just silly mistakes. And we have to remember these are, these are kids right. literally, you know, they're 22 or, or younger. And so they don't always make the best decisions, despite the fact that they are very disciplined human beings within their, you know, skill set and, and what they do, but it's still 20, one to 22 year old guys are going to make silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bryce Young able to uh, elude um, disaster there at the end and just kind of lead them down score to go ahead. And then they were able to, to hang on. Um, so Jesse, my question to you is how loud was it at your parents' house? Extraordinarily <laughs> loud. And then also very quiet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we were all just mad, and you know, the dogs are getting like alarmed, and um, you <laughs> why know, is everyone, everyone freaking out? <laughs> everyone's just yelling. It, there's just constant yelling. It was, it was a lot. I feel like we were all just shaken up afterwards and didn't really know what to do with ourselves. It was like, 
where do we go from here? Even mm-hmm. though we, we didn't play, you know, th- this has no bearing on what we do. With our <clears throat> right. Life. We get this, uh, this, we, uh, feeling this that, that always happens. It, oh, it man, does. I'm, I'm silly. My, my mom and I talked about, you know, yesterday, why do we let this affect us? Like, like it does, <laughs> right. it, I mean, it affects your mood. It affects everything. And you get so, you know, riled up. It affects you physically where you're just like shaking. And it's like, why? do I let this do this to me? Yeah. I, I saw a, um, I don't even know if it was a meme as much as it was just somebody uh, venting before the season even starts. I think it was an NFL team and I can't remember which team, but they were like only one more week until I let blank, whatever the team was uh, determine my mental health state. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, for, for um you know from now to the end of uh was that january from the nfl february or uh, whatever it is now so uh yeah that's it's that's fair so yeah i mean i was i was shocked by all those things um and also texas's ability to kind of um well not kind of i mean they did they contained bama and i they i did not see that coming us. the we did not deserve to win that ball game absolutely not nothing about our performance was deserving of winning and the score shows that I mean Texas put pressure on Alabama that teams last year couldn't do Mm -hmm. I didn't think I certainly didn't think Texas would do it knowing that they were five and seven last season but Sarkeesian is a former you know Alabama offensive coordinator he also helped recruit Bryce Young so he does have a familiarity with the program that is advantageous he attended the Alabama school of rehab for coaches so exactly and when you go into a game (laughs) with the opponent being a 20-point favorite everybody is telling you that you're going to get stomped that has to fuel you a little bit and I think at you know to some degree Alabama ate the rat poison and, and thought that we had this in the bag and we certainly didn't, uh, Texas put pressure on Bryce and it worked. He did not look like the Heisman trophy winner of last Mm -hmm. year at all. He, to me appeared indecisive. He seemed to forget all of the running that he did the week prior because it was like, Oh God, what do I do now? Um, but in the words of Nick Saban, when his best was needed, he was really good. And, you know, he had to be good. We had 11 first half penalties, 11, mm-hmm. and we had dropped passes. And there was this level of sloppiness that I have not seen in a Nick Saban team since, I don't know, 2007, when he got there, it was, it was wild. We talked about Will Anderson struggling to make plays. He appeared inexperienced as well. And he's supposed to be a leader on the team. Uh, Texas off their offensive line did incredible, even though they started two freshmen, their Mm -hmm. quarterback went out. It was very reminiscent of 2009, knocking Colt McCoy out. And that was very encouraging at first. And then all of a sudden it's like this other kid comes in and we still can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about discipline, making the right choices and decisions, whether it's post-snap, it doesn't matter. We've got to play better. There's no doubt about that is what Saban said after the game. So I imagine practice this week is going to be grueling and they're going to be practicing a ton of basics. Nobody was wrapping up on a tackle. We couldn't tackle, save our lives. We were grasping at shoestrings and we weren't doing anything. There were missed tackle after missed tackle. It was embarrassing. 
Um, we mentioned, you know, 15 penalties for 100 yards uh, throughout the entire game. Like I said, 11 of which came in the first half. And it, it was just not good. Thank God for, for our kicker. I right. Mean, which is not uh, said about Bama kickers that. in the past. Yeah, I never thought I'd see that. And I have to say, I'm still pissed off about the band not being able to be there because of the yeah. way that Texas wasn't the AC in the in the locker room. There broke was as well? no AC in the visiting locker room, and luckily we knew that was going to happen, so we brought our own. But that is just bush league because it was 120 <laughs> on that field. It's yeah. a turf field. It's Texas. It's very very hot and turf for those that have never been on turf is excruciating it's super hard to cool down the sun's mm-hmm. beating down on it it's it's just it's like baking you right um and for them to not have ac in there first of all that's just not safe for players i don't care how funny you think it is it's not safe right uh, so thankfully our equipment managers brought ac because that's not okay yeah hey here's the <clears throat> here's the thing uh for the listeners out there who are not Bama fans and just people in general who are not Bama fans. I think the reason you probably saw a lot of people pulling for Texas is people understand that people understand what happened here. And that is that Bama was vulnerable. Bama could have obviously lost, uh, but Bama will definitely learn from this because we've seen it time and time again, when, when stuff like this happens, that typically they do learn now are there certain things that you know you maybe can't move uh past when it comes to uh inexperience or or you know what have you uh sure but uh for the most part bama is going to move on and do better and so i think that's why you may have seen a lot of that too because people understand that this may have been that one game you may not ever see that again this this year sometimes it takes something like this to have that fire lit under you and play better so yeah, I mean, and congrats to Texas. Uh, despite the score, that is a a win for their program to know that they they matched up with the number one team in the nation. Oh yeah, and they should feel very encouraged about that. However, let's stop pulling these silly little moves with no AC in the band if you're trying to get into the SEC, uh, because we will not take too kindly to that. And not just Bama, the yeah. rest of us. That should uh, that should definitely launch them into the rest of the season, though. Like you said, absolutely. can you imagine what that does for their confidence? So, um, unfortunately, I don't want to imagine. Not a <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, at least you, you you may not probably won't have to to deal with them again, barring playoff and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, let's move on to South Carolina at Arkansas. Uh, this one was a barn burner tons of points scored. Told it was going to be good <laughs> arkansas winning this one 44 to 30 um so uh, i got the point in this one spencer rattler threw for 376 yards he which tried. is more, more than he has against any other ranked opponent so hey kudos there i know it's in a losing effort but still um, but it wasn't enough as Arkansas was really able to control that line of scrimmage. That was one big thing that I noticed in this one. They, uh, Arkansas able to rush for almost 300 yards, yeah. uh, including uh, 156 yards and two touchdowns by Raheem Rocket Sanders. I is- saw the Rocket Sanders. <laughs> Too bad that's not his actual name. Like, what I know. Name? 
It, yeah, that would be that'd be spectacular. So, or m- maybe now he could just do like uh, Chad Ochocinco, just change it. No. Of course, that's his last name, but you know what I mean. Kool Aid McKinstry <laughs> for us. His name is not Kool Aid, but that's what we call him. That's what's on everything. <laughs> right. Um, so, hey, yeah, another another win for Arkansas. I know it's against South Carolina. I think I think we kind of saw two programs here where you you can kind of see that Arkansas has taken that next step. South mm-hmm. Carolina is is sort of there but they're not there there yet so um i think that was just an illustration of that what i don't know what do you think yeah i think south carolina still has some building blocks that they need to get in place again this is their first you know season with a new transfer quarterback that they've got to get used to i think their defense had some holes in it uh that shane beamer is going to have to plug and it was really just a consistency thing i think his program is not consistent right now And that's just a growing pain of a new coach and a new program and getting in your own recruits. So it's something that will come. And it's, it's something that I'm sure, you know, coach Pittman saw on his side, but Pittman's had a little bit more time there than, than Beamer has. So he's had some time to to develop those guys, but yeah, Sanders, he is looking at some career highs right now with former Razorbacks that, you know, are Heisman trophy winners. So that's really encouraging for him. Those are incredible stats. Like you mentioned, Spencer Rattler tried uh, 371 yards in a touchdown. He was 23 for 38 passes. That's huge, but he was intercepted in the, you know, in the end zone midway through the fourth quarter uh, and the Gamecocks had three turnovers. You can't have that. Uh, You're never going to win when you lose the turnover game. uh, At least most of the time you're not. (laughs) And I think an interesting uh, stat that I saw was Arkansas's win over South Carolina was the Razorbacks first since 2011. The teams had only met three times since uh, before that, before Saturday with the Gamecocks winning each. Hmm. So first time uh, Arkansas's taken a win. Yeah. So uh, another, another win for uh, old, old Sam Pittman there. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and move on to Mizzou at Kansas State. This was uh, how, how do I put this? Can, can can you put this nicely? I'm I'm really struggling to put this nicely. Just you know blown who else out. is struggling? Mizzou. Uh, yeah. Forty Kansas <laughs> State beating them forty to twelve. Awful, awful, embarrassing, awful unwell it it's I mean, just it's, like it's just not okay uh brady cook with two picks in this one uh matt got the point by the way um in this one but uh you know obviously this is an old rivalry uh going mm-hmm. over um going over a century uh but this is the first time these teams have played since 2011 but it certainly still means something in big 12 country <laughs> just uh just at, just ask the K-State fans who quite enjoyed this one. So let me let me ask you. We've talked about this somewhat before, but I think it's getting more real now. Do you think that Coach Drinky is he on the hot seat, or is this just like expectation from Mizzou? It has to be. I don't understand. As I mean, if you're in another conference, maybe it's fine. But I don't understand how the boosters of Mizzou or anybody in the athletic department thinks that this is okay. This hurts recruiting. When you Absolutely. lose to an out-of-conference opponent, you don't win against in-conference opponents. You haven't fought for a you know a division 
you haven't been high up in the division. You haven't fought for a conference title since twenty fourteen, fifteen, something um, like that. That was that surprise like that. year. I mean, yeah, we played them. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was my senior year, so I believe it was you know the fourteen season was not close. And it it's it's bad. That hurts recruiting. It also, in general, kind of hurts even people wanting to go to the school whether you want to, to admit it or not in the sec and across the country, yeah. sometimes people factor football and how fun your sporting events are into their decision to go to your school. Right. It just happens. So I, if I'm drinky, I'm getting really concerned. And if he's not concerned, then that's an even bigger problem because the program under his leadership has regressed significantly. Right. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of time. Cause like you said, I mean, it's, it's definitely, re- it reflects on the school. It, it's, I mean, we've, we've watched the program before deal with, uh, I mean, look at Barry Odom. I mean, who was a decently successful coach, not, not great, but decently successful. They fired him. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think things are going to be any different in this evaluation. I, I don't know. I just see his time there is limited. No, so. it was, it was bad. I mean, Cook finished 15 for 27 for 128 yards. Well, Abraham missed all three of his throws, unless you count the two that were caught by the other team. <laughs> um, so that's cool. Um, the game, you know, began with a little light drizzle that turned into a very big storm, which mm-hmm. seemed to just make things worse. Uh, Mizzou tried to drive down uh, for a field goal to open the game and then punted four straight times. Three of those were three and outs. Uh, meanwhile, Kansas State, they just plugged right along. They were doing okay. Mm-hmm. And Mizzou couldn't overcome eight penalties, four turnovers, and just – a big old helping of mental lapses that kept sending the offense to sit down. And then the defense was tired and sluggish after being on the field for so long. And Kansas state just walked to a win. Yeah. When you said that a big old helping, I got this mental image of like a food pyramid of things that you shouldn't do as a <laughs> the bottom uh, mental errors. Yeah. Foundation. That, we need that. Somebody needs to create that. We'll have, a, we'll have an illustration. The food pyramid of things you should not do. Bottom being mental errors. Food pyramid of errors. It was It was just, it was bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know any, any other way to put it. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not to move on too quickly, but speaking, I mean, the segue is there about mental errors and talking about... <laughs> This could be like a whole like episode. Uh, Appalachian State at Texas A&M, App State winning this one 17 to 14. Nobody got the point naturally because why would we? Um, no, no hate against App State, but, you know, I mean, if we're being real, I mean, come on. Um, now, I did say watch out for App State. I did say that, but I did not have the guts to pick them. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, like what in the world? Like what is going no on? No one had the guts to pick them. They won the week prior after scoring six touchdowns and mm-hmm. 40 of those points in the fourth quarter in a 63 to 61 opening loss to North Carolina. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's, no one would pick them. That's silly. Well, I mean, so, uh, I mean, it's been an exciting few games. Oh, and uh, also, uh, you know, game day is going to be in Boone, North Carolina next week. Did you know that? That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're just living it up there. I'm telling you. They were. If you saw footage of them post game in Boone, they yeah. felt it. <laughs> um. So, so um, there's so much to unpack here. I don't even know where to start, but let's just start with the number one recruiting class, Texas A&M. Like, <laughs> how does that feel as as app state like nothing that okay. anyone can say would bring me down right now I, 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 no, I just, i'm the guy that even after i graduate from app state and i'm 45 <laughs> sitting in my local bar yeah. in like nowhereville i'm still going to be talking about this anytime someone oh, yeah. says hey what's your name i'm gonna say like fred johnson I played nose guard for Appalachian State, the team that beat Texas A&M in 2022. And I don't, I don't remember what Michigan was ranked when they beat them. Uh, gosh, that's been, what, 12, 15 years ago? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think it was like, what, 2007? Yeah, something like that. So I don't remember what they were, but I would have to say that this is... They were, yeah, they were top 10. Yeah, I was going to say, this has got to rank up there with best wins all time for the program. And they're 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 giant killers is what they are. <laughs> so um, drop game. So not only so, again, this was kind of this kind of had the same feel as watching um, watching Bama, where mm-hmm. you watch the game and you're like, OK, well, they're struggling. But I mean, it's not going to be a thing, right? Turn it around. Late second quarter, third quarter, they're going to turn it on and just, you know, just push on. And it never again. It never happened. And um, I mean, A and M's offense just looks anemic, and that's putting it nicely. Um, Haynes King in the water cooler for real. Yeah, forty-five. Um, Haynes King went. Uh, uh, he completed thirteen of twenty passes for ninety-seven yards. No touchdowns. No nothing. I mean, it's like. Like, what do we do? So for Jimbo Fisher to be this quarterback whisperer, um, he's got – so for the first two games of this season, Haynes King has not looked great. Um, the quarterback last year, save the Alabama game. <laughs> for that did, one time. Did not look great. Um, uh, who also lost out uh, the starting job to uh, uh, TJ Finley in Auburn this year. So mm-hmm. it's like – what like what is going on? Like, what are they going to do out there? He said that they're considering a change at quarterback. Uh, you know, I he said it. that he would consider a change this week after a subpar performance by Haynes King. He even said that he considered it during the game had it not been going the way it was going, uh, because obviously they didn't prepare to have uh, their backup in. So mm-hmm. honestly, I'd have thrown him in. I mean, what's it going to? What's yeah. going to go even worse? Uh, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Uh, but you're right. For someone that's a quarterback whisperer, he must be whispering in a different language, perhaps, <laughs> because this was bad. The Mountaineers outgained the Aggies 305 to 186 yards and had 22 first downs to just nine by the Aggies. They controlled the time of possession, holding 41 to 29. Um, it's just, it's just bad. It's all bad. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, so this is one reason I didn't know where to begin because it gets worse, by the mm-hmm. way. If you follow the um, the Aggie uh, Midnight Yell, you know what I'm talking about, where they uh, they get together the, the midnight before and they, you know, get hyped up for the game, et cetera, et cetera. Did you... Did you see this, by the way? I don't think so. They've been they've been trying to keep it hidden, but it's you know how that goes. When once it's on the internet, it's out there. Um, and so, okay, so the midnight yell uh, during during the midnight yell, uh, this is what was said. All right, and I'm gonna read from here. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I had to Google this team to make sure they were even real. So, <clears throat> so I was really confused because Appalachia is definitely not a state. But sure enough, I found them and they're located deep. And I mean, deep in the backwoods, just like you would think any hillbilly college that names themselves the Mountaineers. I just hope these guys can get here tomorrow. All right, because I know for a fact that half of their football team can barely even read the name on their jerseys, let alone read a map. It's a shame that the only two brain cells that these guys have left are going to get knocked out by our wrecking crew defense tomorrow. (laughs) I don't want any... (laughs) I don't want anybody, anybody to come for me as to why I hate Jimbo Fisher. Nobody. Don't, don't ever say anything to me ever Oh, he, he didn't say this. Who said By it? The way, this is, so this is, this is student-led, like the, the oh. midnight yell. But still, I mean, it's, so, it, it's, a, it's a horrible look, right? So, I mean. And look, I know we've all, I know we've all done things that don't age well, right? But this this has to take the cake, man. Right? Absolutely, but luckily, like at least when I was in college, everything wasn't on the internet, <laughs> right? And like we were a little selective about what we put out there. Thank God, but that is bad. So apologies, Jimbo, you did not say that. I still hate you. <laughs> still hate um, you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Not going to change. But that is uh, is not going to age well, and I'm sure whatever student or you know whoever it may have been probably is going to get a little slap on the wrist. I don't know, but if I'm Appalachian State, I'm making oh yeah. I mean yeah. So they obviously it's so it's the head yell leader they know the guy's name i'm not going to put it out here and glorify it whatever but uh so it is funny though it's like they tried to keep it hidden so that just made it go viral even more it's like (laughs) it's going to um this a couple little statistics i found or facts if you want uh mountaineers head coach sean clark who makes 10 times less then the nine million that Jimbo Fisher makes beat him, which makes me happy. Um, and then along with this historic, incredible victory, the Mountaineers got to go home with a fat $1.5 million check to take back with them to Boone, North Carolina. So who cares if they can't read their jerseys? I bet they can count zeros. And that is a lot of zeros. That's got to feel great, man. I'm telling you. I mean, I... I would be unbearable to live with if I were them. Oh, I would never let this go. Um, um, it, it's just, I was happy Bama pulled out a win. I absolutely was. I am ecstatic and nothing beats that for me because I didn't think we'd do it. But a really close second is AM losing to Appalachian State. Yeah. Close. Yeah. It's, uh, that it was, I mean, it's beyond words. 
Another um, thing that I think is worth mentioning is Jimbo Fisher was obviously hired to take the program to that next level uh, following Kevin Sumlin. Uh, someone was fired after his sixth season, but so far Jimbo Fisher has not done any better than Kevin Sumlin did with his time at the Aggies. Someone was 36 and 14 in his first 50 games and Saturday's loss dropped Jimbo Fisher to 35 and 15 in his first 50. Wow. Just something to, just something to chew on. Yeah. I mean, and we were even kind of talking about this somewhat on Saturday, just about how, yeah, I mean, it's, they're very comparable, but uh, Jimbo costs a lot more. <laughs> a ton more. Um, so. I, I mean, I honestly think, and I could be wrong, but had he not beaten Bama last year, I think his seat would, would have been a lot warmer uh, than it, it was going into this season. However, a loss like this not only plummets you in the polls, but I think it does make the entire athletic department and those boosters that sign that check question the investment that they've made. So if I'm a booster, he and I are having a sit down and we're chatting through what we're doing, how we've gotten the number one recruiting class and how we just lost to Appalachian State and his record is worse than Kevin Sumlin's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's, there's a lot to talk about there and they're going to be, I'm sure they will be talking about it, uh, for, uh, for a good while, but, um, but yeah. All right. Let's talk about, uh, Tennessee at Pittsburgh, uh, Tennessee winning this one, uh, 34 to 27, um, in, uh, in overtime. Right. So, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what were, what were your thoughts on, on this game and, uh, Tennessee's, uh, ability to just kind of pull one out here, a kind of a, a revenge game of sorts. Yeah, especially after last season, this game's kind of, I think, becoming a really interesting one to watch, at least for now, while Pitt is is a pretty good program. Uh, Hooker finished with 325 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Tillman caught nine passes for 162 yards. But, you know, Tennessee couldn't put Pitt away in regular time, uh, even though they were limiting them a little bit. And the Panthers lost their starting quarterback in Slavis, Slovis, Slavis. Um, Sounds good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of those. Sorry, uh, he had an undisclosed injury at the end of the first half. And Patty, Patty, however you want to say it, uh, spent the final quarter just kind of hopping around on one leg after twisting his knee uh, after getting sacked. So Pitt had some of their own difficulties that certainly didn't help uh, get them to victory. And the volunteers allowed a block punt, saw a fumble cut short a drive. They gave Pitt life when Pitt probably shouldn't have had life. Um, and then Trey Flowers muffed a punt uh, with seven minutes and 28 seconds to go. So to me, I think it was, I don't know if there was something in the water this weekend. I don't know if it's because Mercury is in retrograde, whatever you want to say, but this was a game of missed opportunities um, and mental errors that I think is, was plaguing everybody this weekend. Mm -hmm. Except for Appalachian State. <laughs> Except for Appalachian State, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so obviously a, a huge um, win. And I think Hypel was kind of um, a little bit emotional about it afterwards. Let's hear what he had to say. Coach, a back and forth battle that went into overtime. What kind of boys did you see from Hendon Hooker? How about that effort from our defense, man? Third quarter offensively, we didn't do anything, man. Dominant performance from them for most of the second half. I love, we said we had to come in here and, and compete for 60 minutes. It's a good football team. 
and uh, man, our kids did it to very end. You said at halftime this game would come down to your receivers winning those one-on-one -on -one matchups. What was the plan for that Cedric Tillman uh, uh, we, did, we didn't win many in the third quarter. We won the one in overtime. Uh, those guys just continuing to compete, man, and battle and fight. and Just, you know, from where, where we took over and how we've grown as a football program, learning how to compete, it ain't ever going to be perfect, man. There's a lot of things we're going to learn from, but, man, what a victory for this program. Yeah, this time last year, this game didn't go your way. It's obviously emotional for you, this win. What are you feeling right now? I just, uh, the growth of our program, our guys, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we got to get corrected coming out of this one, but, man, the fight, the strain, the, the ability to compete for 60 minutes, man. Yeah, offense, defense, special teams. What the defense did in the second half is special, man. That's, uh, that's a big-time effort. Thank you, Coach. Congratulations. Thank you. Beyond? Yeah, I don't think that the Tennessee team from last year wins this one. Yeah, and like you said, uh, of course, uh, it was actually beyond sixty minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, absolutely agree with with that, and I agree with what you said there. I mean, um, and uh, just their ability to persevere through uh, adversity, including as we said, adversity of their own making, <laughs> two mm -hmm. fumbles. Like you said, a punt block in the second half alone uh, against a, uh, on the road against a team that won a conference championship last year. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of um, the obstacles there. They were fighting an uphill battle. Yes, it was uh, because of uh, things of their own making sometimes. But, hey, they they came through it. And uh, if I'm a Vol fan, uh, I got to be uh, encouraged about that. Um, I'm not. But uh, if I was, I would be. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely get Matt's thoughts on Thursday because uh, Coach I, I will please stop saying man, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. All right, man. What they did, man. Okay. It's just it's funny how every uh, every coach kind of seems to have that word. Like Saban's is I. Yeah. Yep. I. <laughs> they have they have that one word that just kind of sneaks in, you know, at different times. It's their so. filler word. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move to the uh, to the next game. That was Kentucky at Florida. Kentucky winning this one, twenty six to sixteen. Matt getting the point in this one. Um, so I, I talked about it last week. Um, I said I knew that this was going to be a tough one for Florida. They just come off of uh, an emotional win against Utah at home. Um, but let's look at uh, some of the key players for uh, for Kentucky. I mean, Dane Key. He's proven to be clutch at wide receiver already as a freshman for Kentucky. A uh, huge moment in this game was in the third quarter when they were tied 16-16. Uh, and on the flip side, we're looking at Anthony Richardson now. And uh, his receiver, he and his receiver didn't seem to be on the same page. I mean, I, I'm not really sure who was at fault there, um, nor do I know if they've even really said. Uh, but they uh, obviously weren't. He threw it short, and Keydron Smith got one of the easiest interceptions he'll ever have, which turned into a pick oh. six. I mean, it was just – it was so bad. As as soon as he released the ball, you could almost hear like a collective silent, like a gasp and then silence because everybody knew even before it was caught. They're like, oh, this is not good. It was a um, horrible pass. It was a yeah. horrible decision. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like what a win for Kentucky at the Swamp. So this was Mark Stoops 61st uh, win as uh, Kentucky's head coach, surpassing none other than the Bear bear bryant as the winningest coach in kentucky football and history yes, it's the same bear for those that are curious he coached at kentucky before bama um, and apparently was super successful there as well 
That's it. So um, let's hear what he had to say after this win. Coach Stoops, I know it wasn't pretty in the first half, but what did you think of the response in the second? Uh, I thought it was a thing of beauty. No, uh, we overcome a lot of adversity. And, you know, you don't do that unless you're a, an experienced, tough football team. And we know we have that mentality. We know every each and every week it's going to be a challenge. And we respect Florida, but we were ready to play. I know you shy away from personal accomplishments, but you just passed Bear Bryant for all-time winningest coach in Kentucky history. What does that mean to you? Uh, fortunate. Fortunate. A lot of great players, coaches have been through here. To be able to persevere through this difficult conference, I have nothing but respect you know, and appreciation. Congratulations. Thank you. Which is interesting because if you consider his first three seasons with Kentucky, he went 0-8, 2-6, and two and six in SEC play. But they stuck with them. And as of this year, they've been to six straight bowls. So yeah. some something to be said for sticking with somebody, even through the lean years, maybe. What are you what are your thoughts on this one, Jesse? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the defense for Kentucky, they gave up just 91 yards to UF in the second half. That's huge for defense, especially for a Kentucky team that in years past has not had a defense (laughs) Um, or not a great one. And, um, you know, a lot of those yards of those 91 yards in the second half came in garbage time uh, in the final possession of the game. So that's got to be really encouraging for them. Um, Their rushing attack was, was pretty stagnant in the first half. Uh, We heard it in the interview, you know, he wasn't impressed with that first half play. It was really in the second half where things started to, to crank up Cavassier smoke Lavelle, Wright. Uh, They finally got going in that second half and they were able to wear down Florida's defense that seemed to really struggle uh, with the physicality of the offensive line at Kentucky. So that that's gotta be amazing as well. Just to, you know, have an offense that's clicking just as much as the defenses. It seemed like they both kind of started firing on all cylinders at the same time. Uh, This was the first time the Gators were shut out in the second half of the game since 2017 against Michigan. Mm. Uh, nothing coming for them in that second half. We talked a little bit, or you mentioned a little bit of Richardson. He was not the impressive Richardson that we saw last week against Utah. He finished 14 of 35 for 143 yards with two interceptions and only four rushing yards. Uh, he has yet to throw a touchdown in either game this season. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. A lot of his, uh, highlights came off of rushing in the, in the last game. Uh, but uh, it was interesting. We were talking about um, the interceptions. I think that definitely got in his head a little bit because I noticed even the, even the ones uh, that were not interceptions, uh, like let's, let's take another out throw that I noticed later on in the game after his pick six, mm-hmm. it was almost like that was in his mind. So he was like, well, let me throw this one a little bit more outside. And so the, the receiver had no shot at it because yep. he's not, he's not even going to get it close to him. So um, like after week one, everyone was like, oh, he's, you know, his draft stock's gone up talking about him for Heisman. And we talk about that pressure and you get all of this media pressure. You get all of these expectations put on you just after one game. And then you come into what should be a relatively comfortable situation, right? You're in the swamp. Uh, You, you know, this opponent, you've played this opponent and then you just don't, you don't deliver. You either underestimate your opponent and overestimate yourself, or you put so much pressure on yourself and 
and I don't know, just take the rat poison and don't prepare as much. I'm not sure really what happened, but uh, it was, it was not a good showing for Florida at all. And I will say too, though, we talk about Richardson, Will Levis's performance was not stellar either. Uh, He seemed to struggle quite a bit too. So I think as encouraged as Kentucky can be knowing that they just got another conference win over Florida, I think Will Levis needs to settle in a little bit more. Uh, He needs to be a little bit more consistent. So he was luckily able to rely on, on smoke and right and their defense, but I expected to see more out of Will Levis. Not enough mayo in his coffee. Nope, not enough mayo in the coffee. Okay, so we looked into that this weekend, right? Because I was talking okay. to someone about it and how it was super gross. And yeah. that's just, it's just wrong, right? It's just wrong. Just wrong. But apparently, it's that same thing as, and I'm going to get the name wrong, so I'm sorry, but like, is it called skeleton coffee or like, I don't know, whatever the I'm coffee really sure. is, it's like this thing that makes the coffee more efficient. It's why people put butter in their coffee. where it helps with the caffeine, like keep you boosted longer. The Mayo has a similar um, effect, like the compounds do to make it like that. I'm butchering this, but there is a, well, I don't know if he uses it for this reason, but there is a benefit to it. Um, You could also just put butter in your coffee, but. Hmm. That's interesting. I did not know. I did not know that about the, the science behind why there is, there is apparently science behind it. Um, and I, I need to look it up. Um, I, well, that's, yeah, I will that's look some, it up. Yeah, I was going to say that's something fun, fun to look into anyway. I need to figure that out. And so, uh, yeah. I know, yes. I've okay. Heard so of- it's believed to provide steady, long lasting energy, Um, Without a blood sugar crash, in theory, since the fat slows digestion, the caffeine in the coffee is absorbed slower and provides longer lasting energy. So the um, the thing that does it in the butter is also present in mayonnaise, and that can do it. So this is Um, uh, this is is that is that that sounds a lot like the the same old logic that I used to use back in the day when we'd go to Wendy's. Though you'd get the baconator. (laughs) And you're like, well, the Baconator is going to stop up my arteries. So I need to get a vault. If you guys remember what vault yep. is <laughs> and that all the caffeine is just going to speed up my blood. So it'll be, it's all good. It balances out. Right. Mm-hmm. This is, this is what that feels like. <laughs> Probably. Um, I don't know if the science is sound, but I think that's like people's thought process behind it. And maybe that's his, I don't know if it is. That's hilarious. Random fun fact. Good to know. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's completely legit. I'll have to. I haven't. Uh, I haven't tried butter in my coffee. I'll have to do that though. Um. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to some of these uh, less competitive games here, also known as blowouts. Um. I I forgot to. Um. I I my apologies to Vandy last week. Uh, I neglected to write them down in our pick'em. Somehow, I don't know how I skipped over them. Oh. Uh, I, I did see that they were playing Wake Forest, and I remember even thinking about that, but somehow I didn't make it onto the notes. Anyway, they got blown out by Wake Forest, 45 to 25. <laughs> so there's that. Um, Their win streak is over. Yeah. And then uh, Samford at Georgia. Uh, Georgia won this one, uh, 33 to 0. Uh, so Jesse and Matt tied on the differential, so we had to do the math, and Jesse wins the point. Cha-ching. Congrats. Yeah. Um, then, uh, there was central Arkansas dub bears at Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss won this one, uh, 59 to three. I got the point in this one. Um, so, uh, just interesting note here. Luke Altmaier did start this game, but left the game with an upper body injury. 
Jackson Dart continued uh, the blowout though. So, um, and then um, next we had San Jose State Spartans at Auburn, Auburn 24-16. This was not a blowout. I no. put it down here because it was uninter- uninteresting. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Yeah, um, so, um, but uh, Jesse, you got the point in this one. So uh, I, I, since it wasn't really a blowout, I do kind of want to park just for a second. And we were talking about some of these wins to really bad teams uh, coupled with the fact that um, they've already really tried to get rid of Harson in the offseason. Um, uh, add to that the fact that uh, Scott Frost just got fired from Nebraska after losing to Georgia Southern. <laughs> Shout out to Georgia Southern. Um, but it's Another like... Another wild game. Would, would he be gone? if they had lost like Auburn continues to look rough. I mean, they just, I mean, I, I would think, but, but I don't know what kept him there anyways. I don't, I don't know what's happening on the planes that kept him there when people wanted him out in the first place, but I think they yeah, didn't have a plan is, to replace him. I guess, <laughs> like... but this is still not an encouraging win. I mean, yeah, they won, but San Jose state put up 329 yards on Auburn um, Auburn had two turnovers, San Jose state controlled possession and had more first downs. Mm-hmm. This is not good. It's, it's just not, uh, I don't know what's happening down there on the plains, but somebody needs to bring uh, Harston into their office and have a very strong talking to, because this is not a good look. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I guess, like you said, a win's a win. I guess we'll see um, come later on in the season um, how bad things are. But because uh, I know sometimes people play to the level of their competition, I get it. Uh, you know, a quality team shouldn't do that, uh, but it does happen. So we'll see. Um, all right. Um, let's uh, talk about Southern at LSU. LSU won this one 65 to 17. Big time win for them. Uh, I got the point in this one. Um, so yeah, uh, Jaden Daniels started at quarterback, uh, but you know naturally he came out uh, after the blowout was going on. So um, we actually have Nussmeyer with um, a lot of the stats uh, in terms of yards. I think he had uh, what 183 yards there. He did have uh, two picks there. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then um, finally we had Mississippi State at Arizona. Mississippi State taking care of business out in Tucson, 39 to 17. Uh, Matt getting the point here. Um, Mississippi State did have three turnovers, um, but uh, they were either fumbles after the catch by receivers uh, or the one interception was catchable ball that bounced off the receiver's hands to the defender. So, you know, not trying to give glory to uh, to Will Rogers, but just so we all understand what was, was what happened there. Um so, yeah, I mean, uh, do you have any thoughts about any of those? I know I, I go through those quickly because, but. I mean, not really. I think we talked about the big ones for this week and there was a lot to talk about. There was a lot to talk about across multiple conferences, you know, uh, with Baylor losing to BYU. If you didn't catch that game, I highly suggest you watch the highlights. It was. Mm-hmm wild um and shout out to the BYU quarterback he's got a really interesting story 
Uh, he's the first African-American quarterback at BYU, uh, which is, is really neat um, and wild to think that that's, you know, happening in, in 2022. Um, but, you know, their kicker missed two game-winning field goals in, uh, in OT and mm. was obviously just dismayed. And then after they won, when everybody's rushing the field and it's this insane, um, you know, mess out there, the quarterback goes up to the kicker and just holds him while he sobs mm-hmm. and tells him, you know, that it's, that it's okay. Um, yeah. it's just, I thought a really great show of leadership and, and teamwork. And so that's not an sec story, but again, there was a lot of wild things. We mentioned Nebraska that, that happened with their coach being fired. So it's been a wild weekend and there are a lot of great stories out there and a lot of weird ones. So and also, also worth <laughs> worth mentioning, because I know how you feel about Notre Dame. They lost to Marshall. So there's that, too. And it's just I, like you said, I don't know if there was something in the water, but Mercury's in retrograde. Weird. Yeah. Weird things so going people on. Keep saying on Instagram. So I'm just going to say it. <laughs> That's it. That's the name so. of this episode. The Mercury. Mercury retrograde mini. So <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, real quick before we uh, f- before we head out, um, let's talk about the uh, listener feedback because it is uh, focused on uh, the uh, the past week. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, so we asked you guys, the listeners, what shocked you the most about Week Two around the SEC? And we're going to get started with a doozy here. Okay, you ready? So Philip Columbia says he is shocked that the media pundits thought Florida's quarterback was going to be the next coming of the greatest. He can't pass worth poop emoji. (laughs) And, and if you take away the edge, you can't run. He can't run. Really? Do any of you pundits actually understand the game? So that's a, it's bold talk there about uh, Florida's quarterback. And look, um, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion that he can't do all those things, um, but he certainly didn't show it on Saturday. Um, so, I mean, it's just like we talk about with a lot of these quarterbacks, it's development, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how are they going to develop? How are they going to respond to diverse or to adversity? Because it's like, uh, it's going to happen to everybody. You're going to have a bad game. You're going to have bad throws. You're going to have, you're going to have pick sixes, et cetera. But how are you going to, how are you going to bounce back? So, yeah, I agree. I don't think we've had enough time to watch him to see. No. I think obviously saying he's going to have a high draft stock and, and win a Heisman after the win against Utah was very premature definitely and should not happen that shouldn't happen for anybody no nobody (laughs) should do that but um you know it's i mean look people were saying bryce was going to be a repeat heisman winner and his performance on saturday did not show that so it's a long season we've got a lot of time um and we we will see what happens but hopefully his coaches work with him and and he develops some more as a player yeah all right, and then uh, Landon Waller says, Tennessee might be back. Texas A&M is overrated. Nick Saban said they weren't ready this week before the game, and he was right. And Arkansas might be the third best team in the SEC. And don't <laughs> you, you don't agree with that? I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, obviously, I think Alabama, Georgia, sure. Easy top two, whichever way you want to flip them. Mm-hmm. Um I would be very interested 
in a Arkansas, Kentucky. Okay. I don't know. I don't know Arkansas, but Kentucky might be. <laughs> it's like go going back and forth there, right? It's like, well, yeah, I can see that. Kentucky. Yeah. Which is wild. I agree. I think AM's overrated. And of course, you know, watch me say this and the same thing happens, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say I wouldn't discount Kentucky as the third best team in the sec. And that is wild to say. Yeah. I mean, um, so I, I'd say a couple things there. I think we do need to pump the brakes on Tennessee is back. I mean, yep. are they, are they um, certainly positioning themselves for us to be able to say that? Yes, absolutely. Um, but um I don't know, way, way too early to, to call that one right now, but um, Hey, it's like, like Heupel said, it's encouraging for their performance. Mm -hmm. And, and the, he said it multiple times in that interview, um, the growth of the program. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, A&M's overrated. Um, Saban was right. He said that they weren't ready. Yeah. Gotta, gotta agree with that. So um, Janet Russell said how, uh, she was shocked at how poorly Alabama played still roll tied um kw anthony said uh he was shocked at bama not being able to dominate texas you and me both bud you and, me both. <laughs> and then uh mave fleming he said he was shocked at kentucky's win as many were um and then uh mitch um he said that he was shocked at uh, kentucky or a&m i mean a&m more than kentucky to me like as i said last week Kentucky and Florida, it could have gone either way. You could have tossed a coin and I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But A&M, yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm a troll hater, but. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, you could have really just taken your pick this weekend, right? There's a shocking storylines everywhere it, you look. So what it was wild across college football. NFL was wild. There was so much going on. Goodness gracious. I'm glad football's back. Right. I mean, it's just chaos and chaos, it's, it's, it's bad for my health, but gosh, darn it. I love it. It's so exciting. I mean, and it's just, it's an all day thing too. That's the one thing that I think we, we love about football too, uh, collectively is that, uh, sure you have these one-off stories, but I mean, it's kind of like you, you set up on Saturday, you start watching and it's like this, this drama from <laughs> beginning of the day to the end is <laughs> Thursday night, depending on your conference. Yeah. Sometimes it's Friday. It's Saturday. We got Sunday. We got Monday. <sighs> it's, what a great it's all, time to be alive. <laughs> that's right. That's right. From now till, well, for a long time. So, um, all right. Well, Hey, that does it for the, uh, uh, I'm going to turn that down because that was really loud. <laughs> oh, I know why. It's because I have a different button. There we go. Yeah. So uh, I'm telling you, it's something. But uh, yeah, there we go. That's so much better. All right. So uh, if you would like to contact us, please hit us up on email at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com. We're also on TikTok at pigskinsandpageantry, Instagram at pigskins and pageantry facebook at pigskins and pageantry all three of those are the same in case you can catch that twitter at ppsec podcast don't forget we are available for download on itunes spotify stitcher TuneIn radio and most podcasting apps for iphone android and other operating systems we would love a five-star review if you so desire uh, hit that subscribe on on the youtube uh and we would greatly appreciate that as well hey this is just uh part one of this week a mini episode looking forward to 
part two with Matt on Thursday, and we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming games, make some predictions, and have some, uh, some hilarious fun with Just for Fun. So, hey, until next time, this is Wes. Go dogs. Y'all, it's a new week, and there's going to be adjustments made. So don't you worry. Uh, Mercury will get out of retrograde. Roll How time. long does that take? What is that? I don't, what know. Is that? I don't actually know what it means. Yeah, I just I say it because other people I, say it. I know kind of what it means, but I don't know how long it lasts. So I'm going to look that up as soon as Hopefully we get off not the air. Long. Here. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs>